Okay, welcome back to another episode of the Isaiah K Podcast. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. We're back. Despite the coronavirus, despite the pan- pandemic that it is, I hope everybody's at home practicing social distancing. Social distancing is the key. Wash your hands, staying clean. Even though we should have been doing these things uh, long before this virus, I hope everybody is taking the precautionary steps to stay safe and healthy um, and everybody gets um, well if you are dealing with such symptoms or illness. But we're going to have, you know, some football talk, NFL playoff, NFL football talk. Dak and the Cowboys have continued on their contract talks. I give you what I think about that and how I feel about Dak and the Cowboys this upcoming season. Uh, and I'm I'm gonna do uh, I'm I'm gonna do some predictions. This is gonna be a, this is gonna be a podcast where I do my predictions and what I think teams will look like uh, for the for the upcoming season. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you more about it um, once we get close to that segment. But without further ado, let's go. Let's get it. I catch you guys after the break. Okay, welcome back. Welcome back for some more quarantine content. Hope this guys um, brings some normancy into your day. I know everybody's probably at home or should be at home, but I hope this, you know, for the next hour or so, I hope this brings some type of normancy to your uh, schedule that has been twisted and manipulated. I'm, I'm guessing. So, so get this. Dak and the Cowboys are going into their re-entering negotiation talks after he got franchise tag about a week ago. And th- this is this is my thing with the Cowboys and Dak in this whole situation. Uh, I, I know everybody, like the, especially the fans, I know everybody in the fans, everybody wants to see the player gets his money. But like I want, like once again, I'm going to reiterate it. I'm not about that. I, I because yes, I want the player to get his money as well, but I don't want the I don't want the player to get his money, and the franchise is now in a Betwix a year in after the deal, because I have seen things happen of such where teams get into bad deals. You you want your you want the player whoever whatever player is negotiating the contract and trying to get their money. You want them to get their money. You want to get them. You want you want their money. You want the players to reinsure they have, you know, the financial backing that they whatever they want, whatever they need, they have it. But I don't want my franchise, my favorite team, 
to get in a bind financially. So I'm I'm on both sides. Yes, want the players to get his money, but I also want the franchise to walk away from the deal and from the table and like, yeah, we paid them, but we're not in a B-Twix. We're not in a bind. We're not a financial buy. And once again, this is a hard cap league. The NFL is a hard cap league with a hard cap salary. So, I mean, the, the, the salary cap is yay big. The salary cap is yay big. And this was my same thing about the Rams last year. What the Rams did last year, or two years ago, where they went out and got they, they went out and acquired all these big time names, Akeem Talib, uh, Marcus Peters, and you know they signed uh, Brandon Cooks. I talked about those deals and Todd Gurley. I talked I, specifically Todd Gurley and Brandon Cooks deals. I talked about those deals, and I told you that those deals they first they overpaid for Brandon Cooks for a slot receiver. The Rams had already had two good receivers. They overpaid for a slot guy in Brandon Cooks. And then Todd Gurley, he got paid too early. Usually you don't pay your running backs too early. Running backs, um, yes, they do a lot. They run the ball, they curry the ball, they block, they they can they even catch the ball out of the backfield now. And sometimes they line up as receivers. They do a lot. They bring a lot of value on the field in offense, but value off the field when it comes to negotiating and money. It's hard to be a running back nowadays, uh, and, and you know this. In the Todd Gurley case, it's a it, it, it's it's a clean example of this. It's a it's a it's another example of why you should rethink about being a running back because now Todd Gurley, you you you, you guys already know what happened. Todd Gurley got released by the Rams. You know the Rams. You know they 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 invested in him too early. I think that they you know they extended him too early. Comes to find out he has knee problems. He's still a decent. He still can be a decent player in this league, but that's obviously not the. That's obviously not the Todd Gurley that the Rams were paying sixty million dollars for. That was not the Todd Gurley they were paying for. So when the Cowboys, when they, when they're signing, you know, they're going after Amari Cooper, five year, hundred million dollars. They, uh, they signed Zeke early. Same thing the Rams did. Uh, they went out and signed Jalen Smith. Demarcus Lawrence, he has a hundred million dollar contract, and now Dak is looking to be paid top dollar as a franchise quarterback, right? I, 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 I t- you are, you guys know where I stand. I, I get, I, I've given you a couple of, I give you guys a couple of instances of how I'm thinking about this whole situation. I first talked about, hey, do you really want to pay? If y'all, if the Cowboys think, if the Cowboys front office think that Dak is the first, if he's the best quarterback in the division, pay him. Because if he's the best quarterback in the division, most times he's going to win the division. If he's the second best quarterback in the division, uh, okay, still pay him. But just know you're not going to win the division every year because you don't have the best quarterback. You have the second best quarterback in the division. But if Dak is the third best quarterback in the division, you move off of him. And he's and as of right now, he's the second best, but Dak has never carried the Cowboys. And this is my issue. When you when when he's asking, I mean, because we don't we, we n- nobody knows the exact number except for Dak and his agent and his counterparts. But nobody knows the exact number. But what I can, what can I, what, what can I infer? It, what I can infer is that 
he's asking for $35 plus million. He's, he's asking for $35 plus million. And that, that, that you need to be a franchise guy if I'm, if I'm paying you $35 million a year. You got to be a bona fide franchise quarterback. And like with Dak, he needs too many things to go well. I've also outlined this throughout the season. Dak needs too many things to go well. I look at guys like, and these are the guys that earn and deserve this type of money. Because this is not a, you know, people saying, oh, Dak deserves this. And Dak, he gave the Cowboys stability. And Dak, he's won them games. This is not a deserve league. This is what you earn league. This is what you earn league. And Dak, last year, went 8-8. He was an 8-8 quarterback last year. Okay, yeah, he threw for 4,000 yards. Okay. This is modern-day NFL. Most quarterbacks are. He threw 30 touchdowns. Okay, he had Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup. He has nothing but a plethora of weapons. He should be doing that. So I'm not in a deserved, like, this is not a deserved league. I, I don't like when people say, oh, Dak, he, 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 he was the starter for four years. Oh, okay. Four years. Or, or they say, Dak had a great rookie year. That was four years ago. Obama was in office four years ago. Uh, a lot has changed. A, a lot has changed. I don't know if you noticed, but a lot has changed. So when people say, oh, that, he deserves this and he deserves that. No, no, he does not. He, he, this is an earned league. And I, told, and I keep, I'm, I'm going to keep outlining these two games. The, Philly, the Philadelphia game and, and the Patriots game. Those were two critical games. If, if the Cowboys win those games, they're in the playoffs. They're, they're in the playoffs if they win those two games. Dak going into both of those games, despite them, despite those games being on the road. Okay, they were on the road. You got to win road. You got to win road games. The great quarterbacks win road games. But he went into both of those games with the better offensive line, the better running game, and the better receivers. And he had zero touchdown drives. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. And one of those games was against his counterparts that we often measure up the Dak, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz won those games. He won that game. He won that game. And he carried the Eagles to the playoffs. Can Dak do what Carson Wentz did this past year? Can Dak, can Dak, because that's basically what Carson Wentz did. Carson Wentz lost his O-line. Carson Wentz didn't have deep threats. Carson Wentz didn't have any receivers. I mean, he was throwing to guys named Boston. I don't know who the guy was. He had guys throwing, he was throwing, he was throwing to guys named Boston. All of, his, all of his receivers were injured. Can Dak afford to lose Amari Cooper? What if Dak lost Zach Martin, Amari Cooper, Zeke, and Michael Gallup? What would that Cowboys offense look like? That would probably be one of the worst offenses in football. Carson Wentz, he, he overcame that. And I just have not seen enough of those type of moments from Dak. You, and you, can, you can date back all the way to the second year in the league where Zeke had, you know, off-the-field issues. Zeke missed six games. Those first three games, Dak struggled. Dak struggled, and he did not look good. Those last three games, he started to play better. You know why? Cowboys went out and traded for Amari Cooper. 
Cowboys went out and traded for a star receiver. But I've watched Russell Wilson for years now. Curry, a Seattle team that hasn't been really good. A Seattle team with no offensive line, defense uh, hit or miss at times. Sometimes defense can be good. Sometimes defense is just not good at all. And Russell Wilson still finds a way to win 10, 11 games on a yearly basis. And he put and he strike and he continues to strike fear, strike fear in people's heart. Dak doesn't do that. Dak doesn't do that. Don't you? You know what teams focus on? You know what defense? You know what defenses focus on when they play the Cowboys? They focus on stopping Zeke. They focus on stopping Zeke because they like, uh, if we stop Zeke, we got a pretty good chance of winning. If we stop Zeke, they're not even folk. The main focal point is not even Dak. I would even argue defenses focus, focus on stopping Zeke and then probably trying to stop or limit Amari Cooper before they even get the Dak. So when you say you, he deserves this and he earned he and he deserves this and he deserves that, it goes out of one, it goes in one and goes out the other because I, it's not a deserved league. This is an earned league. It's an earned league. And I have not seen, I have not witnessed Dak carry a Cowboys team. I just haven't. Dak hasn't carried the Cowboys like Russell Wilson has carried the Seahawks. Dak hasn't carried the Cowboys like Carson Wentz carried the Eagles last year. I haven't seen those instances from him. I haven't seen it. And yeah, I mean, he puts up, he put up, last year he put up some great numbers. But they were 8-8. Eight and eight. They were 8-8 eight eight with no playoff appearance. So, like, you can put up great numbers, but do those great numbers lead to wins? Do those great numbers lead to wins? What was those numbers at when you had zero touchdown drives against the Eagles and Patriots? That's my point. So, let's reevaluate the Cowboys. Let's reevaluate the Cowboys right now. The Cowboys lost their best defensive back, Byron Jones. Byron Jones went to the Dolphins. I like what the Dolphins are doing. I'm, I, I like their moves. I'm, I'm, gonna get in there. I'm probably going to get into that later. But the Cowboys have lost their best defensive back, Byron Jones. They've lost the breaking news this week. They've lost their Hall of Fame center in Travis Frederick. He, he was the best center in football and a Hall of Fame level center. So they lost their best defensive back in a Hall of Fame level center. They lost their sack leader last year with Robert Quinn. They lost Randall Cobb as their as their third slot receiver. They have lost a lot. And yes, I know they're I know they're plugging in pieces. They're they're plugging in complimentary pieces to fill these voids. But we're talking about like a guy like Travis Frederick. It's going to be pretty hard to find another Hall of Fame center. Like, you just don't find, you just don't wake up and run into Hall of Fame level centers every day. You just don't. And, I, I, and like I said, I think the Cowboys will be able to draft well because that is what they're, that's what they've done these last few years. They have drafted really well, and that's how they have built this team. But now, guys have gotten older, and now, Guys are getting paid. And, 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 I, I, and I just don't know what bank the Cowboys are using because 
They got they got they have hundred million dollar deals everywhere, and you know what that leads to. With the, with this being such with the NFL salary cap being such a hard cap, they have no depth. So I don't consider the Cowboys as as, as if today, I don't consider the Cowboys a Super Bowl contender. I don't. I don't consider them a Super Bowl contender because I don't think they have enough depth. I don't think they have enough depth. They're very star heavy. They have stars everywhere, especially on offense. Stars everywhere. They got stars on the line. They got stars in the receiving core. They got a star running back. I like their tight end, Blake Jarwin. But they're going to be good. And, I, and let me get this. Let me tell you guys this. Let me tell you guys this. I'm even going to predict this. The Cowboys, they're going to start off the season really good. Because everybody's going to be healthy. All the guys, all their stars are going to be healthy. So the Cowboys during September, October, they're going to be really good. And they're probably going to have like a 6-2, 7-3 record. You know? First 10 games, they, 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 first 10 games, they're going to have a good record. But going into November, going into December, where teams start to get banged up, where teams, you know, stars start to get a little nicked up, that's where I think the drop-off happens. I think that's where the drop-off happens. And with the lack of depth that the Cowboys possess at this time, that might hurt them. That, not might. That's going to hurt them. Because guys get hurt. Guys get injured. Guys get hurt. And maybe, maybe, hey, I could be wrong, but maybe the Cowboys stay healthy throughout the whole year. But that's not realistic. That's not realistic. In the NFL, injuries happen. Injuries happen to uh, key players, key key positions. You know, the injury bug can sneak up on anybody. You look at, look, you just look at, look at the two Super Bowl teams. Look at the two teams that got to the Super Bowl last year, 49ers and Chiefs. The 49ers and Chiefs, both dealt with early season injuries. They both dealt with early season injuries. 49ers dealt with uh, Kittle getting hurt early in the season. Quan Alexander getting hurt. Uh, Lyman getting hurt. Key Lyman getting hurt. Uh, Kyle, Kyle, the fullback Kyle Juszczyk, he got hurt. Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes had the knee, had the knee, had the knee issue. They dealt with injuries on their defense. Tyreek Hill, he got hurt early in the season. They hit, they hit their stride. Both teams hit their stride at the late in the later latter part of the season, and they and they were playing good football at the right time. And with the Cowboys, the route they're going, it's, it, it looks a lot similar to what the Rams look like. The Rams last year started off the season well. But as the season went on, Todd Gurley knees gave out. Offensive line got hurt. With very little depth, the Rams was not the Rams. And yes, they have a lot of talent on paper. The Cowboys have a lot of talent on paper, but they're gonna start. They're probably gonna start the season off well. They're probably gonna start off the season really hot. But as the season goes on, as injuries transpire. That's where I think the Cowboys would drop off. And I don't see them as a Super Bowl contender. I do not see the Cowboys as a Super Super Bowl contender. I think they have lost too much. Um, 
Uh, I, I, you know, with no, with with it being no OTAs and this that contract is lingering over the team. Uh, well, the route the route we're going with the coronavirus, there's probably not gonna be OTAs. OTAs is very is really important. Uh, that's where coaches and players meet. Uh, I think with them getting a new coach and Mike McCarthy, um, with McCarthy being a smart guy, uh, I, I think that they'd be fine. But there's there's gonna be some there's gonna be some issues that they gotta work out with trying to learn the system. Um, so I, I, you know the Cowboys they're gonna start they're probably gonna play well they're probably gonna play well in September or October, but the latter part of the season as it gets colder, as the games start to mean a lot more. Uh, I think you'll see some fall off. I think you'll see some slippage. And that's because they have lost a lot of guys in free agency because they're really top-heavy. The Cowboys are top-heavy. They have expensive running backs. I mean, running back. They got expensive offense alignment. Demarcus Lawrence, Amari Cooper, Jalen Smith. I mean, I'm trying to figure out what bank are they using. But... We'll see what happens, but I, I'm franchise. I'm franchise tagging Dak. Um, I, I I thought Dak the the deal that the Cowboys came out with with the thirty three million dollars a year, one hundred and five million dollars guaranteed. I thought that was a good deal for Dak. I don't know, but I thought that was a good deal for Dak, considering he was coming off an eight and eight season. I'll be back after the break. <laughs> Or well, a question was posed to me um, by some of the listeners, and some of the something and the, and the question had to, you know dealt with Cam, and it was like they was like why what? so they was like I said why is Cam not getting uh, the offers like why aren't teams lining up to sign for for Cam Newton? He's a you know he's a former MVP. I was like you guys must not be listening to the pod. <clears throat> uh, 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 uh. Uh, uh, I mean, you guys must be not be listening. Why, why, why are you asking me this question? You guys already know why he's he, he's not receiving the offers. But I think with Cam, uh, and you know, I told you guys how I feel about Cam. I think Cam is a great player. He's a great he's a he's a great athlete that has been throughout his career an average quarterback. The one great year. That everybody likes to go back to when he went fifteen and one. Yes, it was a great year. 
I give him that. Great year. But guess what his record is after that 15-1 season? He's 23-23 and 23 as a starter. He's 23-23 and 23 after the 15-1 season. He's never been a high completion percentage guy. But this is another aspect where I think... This is another aspect where I think um, we're not paying enough close attention to. We ask these young quarterbacks to come in at such a young age and to be a leader of a group of men and a leader in a face of a franchise that is worth millions or billions of dollars. And these guys coming out of college are young, excuse me, are young and making so much money and some of them are just irresponsible and not mature enough. This is my whole thing with Baker. I like Baker. Uh, I mean, I mean, I, I like Baker, but I like Baker. I don't have nothing against Baker. I like Baker. But this is my thing about Baker. I just didn't think he was more mature enough. For him to be the number one pick, for him to be the face of my franchise, I just didn't think he was mature enough. I like Baker, but he struggled this year. He, you know, he had a great rookie year, great rookie campaign, but he struggled this year. And people are like, why did Baker struggle this year? He got all these weapons. He's, I'm like, first, well, I'm not going to blame it all on Baker. Because it's Cleveland. Cleveland, it, it, it's bad. It's a bad, toxic place. But Baker doesn't do, he doesn't, he doesn't serve himself any justice with the commercials. He had more commercials than wins. With the commercials and the, the things he says on social media. I, I don't know how to get into it. The grabbing on the, the, the grabbing on the crotch. It's just not, it's just not my type. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just not my type. It's just not my type. It's just not my type of guy. I don't want. I don't. I don't want my. I don't want my face and my franchise grabbing his crotch. Just don't. And you know he has more. He has more. He has more commercials than wins. So that whole thing with Baker. I mean, I like Baker, but I don't think he's mature enough. I just don't think he's mature enough. Johnny Manziel never thought he was mature enough. I just. I never thought. He was mature enough to be a face of a franchise. And I know we love the personality. I, I, I sometimes like the personality too. But when you're the face of a franchise, when you are asked to be a leader, I don't. I, you just don't have time for the immature stuff. Do you guys ever wonder why guys like Case Keenum and Teddy Bridgewater continue to get jobs and Nick Foles? Do you guys can do you guys wonder why they continue to get jobs? Well, it's not because they're the most talented because obviously they're not the most talented and you know and some, and most of those guys are limited, but they're mature. Marcus Mariota, I don't I think he's very I think he's limited. He's athletic, but I think skill-wise, I think he's limited. And I I think Tannehill was a much more I think Tannehill is uh, is a better talent than Marcus Mariota, but you know why Marcus Mariota continues to get con- is going to continue to get job opportunities? It's because he's mature. Jameis Winston, 
I never thought he was a mature enough guy to lead a franchise. That's why he throws so many picks. He lacks good judgment. He lacks judgment. That's why he, he, that's why he continues to throw so many interceptions. Yeah, people want to blame it on his eyesight and laser. Okay, whatever you want to blame it on. But I never thought the kid had, uh, had, uh, had the, 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 the right judgment. I never thought he used the proper judgment. Still in crab legs? Come on. I, I, it's just stuff like that where I don't know what to say about it. Still in crab legs? I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. That's just not, it's just not my type of guy. But this is, that's why guys like Case Keenum, Teddy Bridgewater, that's probably why they get more jobs. That's probably why they get more job opportunities because of the maturity factor. They're mature. I think, th I think that's probably why they get more jobs. I think that's why. I think that's why they get more job opportunities. Guys like Nick Foles, you know, he's a leader. He's a veteran. He's a mature guy coming into different locker rooms. Do you really want Cam Newton in your locker room? If you're trying to build the culture, and I don't know. Cam, I don't think Cam Newton's a bad guy. Don't, I'm not trying to frame it that way. But... The dancing, you know, the press game conference at the Super Bowl, that doesn't help either. But I don't, I don't want to continue to hold that against him. But if you have a young team, you're trying to build the culture, do you want those type of characters, you want those type of character traits on your roster? And, and it also doesn't help that his skills has, like, gone down. Doesn't help. It doesn't help that the, 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 the skills aspect of his game has trended downward for some time now. He's an average guy. He's an average quarterback. Great athlete, but an average quarterback. But, but I did some thinking about this. That's probably why guys like Teddy Bridgewater, that's probably why they continue to get jobs. It's because they're mature. And you may not be the most physically gifted you may not be the most talented, but your organization, your franchise, your job, your company can count on you to come on, come, come, come in every day, work as hard as you can, and also bring a mature factor to the setting. I don't think Cam Newton does that. I don't think Jameis Winston does that. Um, it, I don't. I never thought Johnny Manziel. Did that as well. I don't. I never thought they brought the mature factor that was needed to um to 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 you know rise above and lead a group of men and a multi-million or multi-billion-dollar company. Just never thought. And you know, I, you know, you, if you guys think I'm banging on them too hard, but I, I don't think a lot of I don't think a lot of people at 22 would be would be able to handle that. I don't think a lot of people at 22 years of age, I don't know, I don't care what background you're coming from or, you know, what's the circumstances, I don't care. I think at 22, I don't think most people will be able to handle the money, the glitz, the fame, the glamour, uh, being a franchise guy. I just don't think some of them, I just don't think some guys do. But for sometimes teams, organizations, they run into the perfect match. They run into those guys, Russell Wilson. Able to handle it. Lamar Jackson, able to handle it. 
You know, you, sometimes you run into these young guys that are able to handle it. Patrick Mahomes, he's able to handle it. Some, some people question Carson Wentz's leadership and his, you know, his leadership qualities and how he goes about certain things in the locker room. Hey, didn't, he, he, he didn't slander anybody. He knows how to handle it. And I think that is the consistent, uh, that's the consistent issue or, you know, consistent lingering issue with guys such as Jameis Winston and Cam Newton. Because, you know, Jameis Winston, I mean, you know, he, he just says certain things. He does certain things. And it's like, uh, was that the appropriate time to do so, bro? Could you find a more opportune time to say such thing? And it's just like, uh, you know, it's just not, just not, just not my kind of guy. And like I said with Baker, I like Baker, um, but is he mature enough? Last year didn't show, didn't he didn't show it. But a couple times this year, I have seen a few instances where he has come off mature and he's starting to mature up. That's why I said you can't go from being immature and then automatically being the most mature guy. In the room. It just doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. Now, you can work your way up into being, you know, a mature guy and, you know, maturing up. But you can't go from being the most immature, being a class clown, to the more, to the, to the absolute most mature guy in the room. It just doesn't work like that. That It, it, it does not work like that. So, I want to shift gears. I want to shift gears off the NFL really quickly. So I saw this, you know, this report. I don't talk. I don't talk much baseball because you. you I mean, quite frankly, you guys just don't want to talk about it. You guys don't ask me for baseball topics. You guys don't ask me to uh, talk about Mike Trout. So I don't talk about him. <laughs> but if I had to talk about it, I would be able to talk about it. But <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. <clears throat> but. But I did see some news, uh, you know, of a port, or not news, but of a port rapper where an agent said, why not the NFL, why, why, you know, the, this agent, this baseball agent said the MLB should, should extend their season to Christmas. I said, wait, 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 wait. what the, what the, what the, what the world? Until Christmas, full, full. Full full limb schedule, you know, that spans out to Christmas. I don't understand it. Why? And, you know, earlier this week, I talked about the NBA changing their schedule. And I talked about how I think the NBA and Adam Silver, um, that with their progressive thinking that they have been doing and that they have been following these last few years or that they have shown this, the, the, their progressive thinking that they have been showing, I think it is very well much possible. I think it's very possible that the NBA will consider and will stick on to that schedule change. Well, that's the complete opposite with baseball. Baseball is the complete opposite. Baseball is that older male that has failed to adapt to new times. Baseball, it's America's pastime. It's a reason why we continue to call it America's pastime because it's literally America's pastime. Baseball is a league where they have failed to adapt to
into the new age of doing things. And I'm telling you, I don't know if you guys are paying enough. I don't know if you guys are paying close attention. Um, I hope you guys are. But I just been doing some analyzing and some thinking. And I'm like, well, once we get this coronavirus, COVID-19, once we curve the numbers of, you know, infections or, you know, how many people get it. Once we, once this whole thing, once this whole coronavirus thing, you know, starts to decrease, America, the government, and America and the government and just the world in general are going to do things in different, they're going to do things so differently. This is such a historical uh, landmark and a you know a time period right now. This is a, this, like you're literally you're right now living in history right now. You're right now living in a historical time point because after the corona, I, you know after this corona I, coronavirus outbreak, once it starts to decrease and the numbers start to go down, and uh, you know scientists and doctors come up with a vaccine. I think people in the world are going to think are, are going to do things much differently, much differently. And I think travel, travel is going to be one of the things that it's going to take place, which is going to happen. I think that's going to happen differently. I th you know, the government has talked about uh, controlling and buying uh, airports. So transportation, you know, as we are used to it right now or you know, what you know, before we could leave the house. But as we are used to it right now, may be different from a year from now. It may be different. It it, it may it, it very well may be different. And like so many things are going to be different. So many things are going to be altered. Like it's simple it's 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 things that you don't even think about. Like church. People with after this coronavirus outbreak you really think people are going to start about the church? No. Pastors are going to have to adapt. Pastors, ministers, they're going to have to adapt. And they're going to have to have church at a secluded place. And, you know, the, you know, the way how people are getting, you know, their words of wisdom on Sundays is going to change. Instead of them going to the actual church and sitting in the pews, people are going to be at home, and you're going to be able to web. You're going to be able to webcam, and whenever you know webcam, you're going to be able to. You're gonna you're gonna be able to see your service live from at your home, because I, it's it's little things like that where it has me thinking. It's little things like that where a lot of drastic changes are going to happen. As simple as that. Pastors are going to have to adapt. The MLB baseball has failed to adapt. They have failed to adapt. They have failed to they have failed to adapt. And this is why I like the NBA a lot. Because the NBA, Adam Silver, he's taking my he's taking my out to David Stern. Adam Silver first, you know, they tell they they tell the NBA first recognizes the problem. They figure out the problem. They recognize the problem. Then, next, the NBA tries to find a solution. 
Once they find a solution, they put that solution in play. Well, the MLB, it seems like the MLB, they just take, they, 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 they take so many steps backwards. They take so many steps backwards, and I don't understand why, you, why, 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 why they continue to play these long regular season games. Cut, I think, I, I think that they should cut the season to 142 games, or, or not even that. Cut the season to 122 games, and so what? So what if the season has to be cut short? Nobody's going to remember that. Like LeBron's first championship. LeBron's first championship was a lockout year. But when we're talking about LeBron and his championships, we don't talk about that his first championship was a lockout year. We don't talk about that. I, I, I bet some of you guys forgot that LeBron's first championship came in a lockout year because we don't even talk about it. We don't talk about it. it, it, it it's, it's, it's irrelevant. And nobody's going to remember the, the World Series in this season. That, that, people are not going to remember the baseball season. You know, if, if, if the Yankees and the Dodgers meet up in the World Series, nobody's going to remember that the MLB, that, the, that teams only played 100 games. Nobody cares. Even the diehard, I'm not a diehard baseball fan, but even the diehard baseball fans have said, cut the season short. Cut, make the season shorter. I, I'm all for basketball. I'm all in for hoops. But they need to cut the season, they need to cut the season short. And that's the same thing that baseball needs to do. Cut the season short. What, 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 what are we doing? Cut the season short. What, what, I don't understand why it's so hard to cut the season short. Cut the season shorter. The Yankees, they're probably the best team in baseball. The Dodgers are probably the second best team in baseball. Uh, I heard that the Minnesota Twins are supposed to be good. I heard that the Atlanta Braves are going to be really good. Okay. But it won't matter. We won't remember. We won't remember if... If the Yankees won the World Series in a lockout year, I don't care. They won the World Series. I don't care if it came in a season where only 112 games were played. I don't care. People are not going to remember that. But you know what? All, you know what people are all going to remember? People are going to remember that baseball, the World Series this year, the 2020 World Series, was played in a neutral site, and only, and only. 20,000 fans showed up. Anybody, what the hell? Yeah. Please do not try to, please don't extend this, this season. Christmas, the NBA, the NBA, they're learning. The NBA is taking the necessary steps. The NBA is like, hey, we know the NFL, it, 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 rules, this, it rules October, September, November, and December. You know, throughout September and February, we know that the NFL rules. And even college football. College football, there's a lot of people that tune into college football more than the NBA when, the, when college football is on. When college football was on, NFL and college football, those two both run September, October, November, December, and January, and February. Those two, those two corporations, those two companies, those two leagues, college football and the NFL, They've run, they've run the fall. 
And the NBA has recognized that. So the NBA is like, okay, well, we're going to start off December and we're going to go all the way up to August because July and August is wide open. July and August, June, July and August is wide open. And that makes perfect sense. And baseball needs to follow that. Find your dreams come true And I wonder if you I'm going to do this after the draft as well. But what we're going to do right now, I'm going to give you a couple teams that a, a couple team schedules of what I think their schedule is going to look like and what I think their record is going to look like after their free agent moves. I'm going to give you these. I'm going to give you some of these teams schedule and I'm going to predict I'm going to predict their schedule and what I think their record will be with the current roster that they have right now up to date. Uh, I'm going to give you the current outlook and some, on a couple teams. Well, three teams. I'm just going to give you the three teams. The Cowboys, which we have talked about. Uh, the Patriots and the Buccaneers. And then I'm going to give you guys my division winners. I'm going to give you guys my division winners for next year. My division winners for next year. Uh, I'm going to do it before the draft and after the draft. Uh, I'm trying to get to the Cowboys schedule. I have the Buccaneers schedule already. I want the Cowboys schedule. Okay. I want their schedule. Sorry. My people are working the best. They can't. Okay. So, I have the Cowboys schedule in front of me. And... Okay. Okay. I have the Cowboys schedule in front of me, the Buccaneers schedule, and the Patriots schedule. Because those are the three teams that we have been talking about mainly throughout the throughout the offseason and, and the last week or so. And I know a lot of people are, you know, 
Did Brady make a mistake? Did Belichick make a mistake? Who's going to have the better record? Who's going to have the better outcome? I'm going to give that to you right here. So I'm going to go with New England first. New England, uh, we, 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 we know who they're playing. We just don't know when they're playing them. But we know where and we know, we know who they're playing. We just don't know where. I mean, we just don't know when. I'm sorry. We know who they're playing. We know where they're playing. We just don't know who they're playing. So, Patriots schedule at the home games are Buffalo, Miami, Jets, Denver, Raiders, Arizona, 49ers, and the Ravens. I think they beat the Dolphins at home. I think they beat the Jets at home. I think they beat the Raiders at home. Um, and uh, I, I'm not. I, I think yeah. I'm gonna go with they beat the Raiders, the the Jets, and the Dolphins at home. Those were those were bottom. Those those offenses were those offenses were a bottom of the half league. They were the bottom of the half league as far as offensive totals and production. Uh, I think you know. I think despite New England having some some having no weapons, very few weapons on offense. I think their defense with Bill Belichick and his defensive mind and still the, 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 the core group that he has, especially in the secondary, I think that the, the Patriots will be able to win a couple of these games. Four, they'll be able to win three games at home um, based off of their defense, and I think their defense is going to be one of the best defenses. I think their defense is going to be pretty good. I think their defense is going to be pretty good, and they're going up against probably they're going to be some young quarterbacks or teams that are um, that I'm not sure at the quarterback position. The Raiders, uh, we assume Derek Carr is the starter, but who knows? Uh, the 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 Jets, we, Sam Darnold is their starter, but he's young, um, and. Miami, we don't know who their quarterback as of right now is. This is why it's before the draft. Before the draft, this is my prediction. Before the draft, I'm going to do predictions after the draft. So I have them beating at home. At home, the home schedule for the Patriots. They face the Bills, Dolphins, Jets, Broncos, Raiders, Cardinals, 49ers, and Ravens. I think out of those eight home games... They will win Miami, the Jets, and the Raiders. They win the Jets game, the Dolphins game, and the Raiders game. Now I'm gonna give you their away schedule. Their away schedule has Buffalo, Dolph, Buffalo, Miami, the Jets, Kansas City, Chargers, Rams, Seahawks, and Texans. I think they beat the I think they beat the Dolphins, the Jets, and the Chargers. Once again. The Chargers is an offense where they're really talented. They, they're talented as a team and as a core, but I don't know. I don't know what's going on at the quarterback position. I am still. I'm. I still want to see what happens at the quarterback position with the Chargers. So I'm going to say they beat. I'm going to. I'm going to give New England the edge over the Chargers. I think they beat the Chargers. I think they beat the Jets, and I think they beat the Dolphins. I think they lose at Buffalo. I think they lose at Kansas City. I think they lose at the Rams. I think they lose at Seattle. And I think they lose at Houston. 
So I had the I had so I had New England going six and ten. I had New England going six and ten this year. Six and ten. Now here goes the Buccaneers schedule, home and away schedule. The Buccaneers play Atlanta at home, Carolina at home, Saints, Green Bay, Minnesota, Kansas City, Chargers, and Rams. I think I think I think that I think the the Buccaneers. I think they beat the Falcons. I think they beat the Falcons at home. I think they beat the Panthers at home. I think they beat the Packers at home. I think they beat the Chargers at home, and I think they beat the Vikings at home. I think I think they beat I think they beat. Uh, they're gonna win five out of the eight home games. And it's going to include the Falcons, Panthers, Packers, Vikings, Rams, and Chargers. I I don't think they'll be able to beat. I think they'll probably they'll probably split with Atlanta. Um, but I have them beating Atlanta at home along with the Panthers at home. I think Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, if it's early in the season, uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Panthers they struggle early in the season in that heat. I think the I think the Buccaneers beat them. Um, I think they I think the Buccaneers beat the Chargers. I'm I'm questioning the quarterback position, um, and I think they and I think they beat the Vikings. Uh, I'm not sure so about the Vikings. The Vikings they were a great home team last year, but I mean, okay on the road. Um, away games for the Buccaneers. They so the Buccaneers play Atlanta, Carolina, the Saints, Chicago, the Lions, the Broncos. The Raiders and the Giants all the way. I think the Buccaneers beat the Panthers, the Bears, the Lions, the Raiders, and the Giants away. Uh, I think they're split with Atlanta. They split the season series with Atlanta. The Saints will beat the the Buccaneers both times. Uh, Brady historically, Brady historically struggles at Denver. The Buccaneers have to go to Denver. Uh, I like I, and I like Denver to be one of those sneaky teams. Denver's gonna be one of those sneaky teams. I think that's gonna be really good, and teams are gonna underrate them. And Denver's gonna get a couple wins. But historically, Tom Brady has not played well at Denver. I think they lose at Denver, um, and I and I think they yeah those are the three losses. But I think they beat Carolina. I think they beat Chicago. I think they beat the Lions. Uh, I think they beat the Raiders. I think they uh, beat the Giants. I think the Giants. I don't think I don't think the Giants will be that good this year. Uh, I don't think the Lions will be that good. Chicago, Mitch Trubisky is their quarterback. Come on, give me a break. Um, and I think I, I just think Tampa Bay is gonna. I think Tampa Bay is gonna win both games against Carolina. Carolina is gonna be you know it's gonna be some close games because that division is really tough. But I think the Patriots. I mean the Patriots. I think the Buccaneers. Do beat the Panthers two times. Um, now I'm gonna give you the Cowboys schedule. I'm gonna give you the Cowboys schedule. The Cowboys play. I'm gonna give you their home schedule first. They play the Giants, Eagles, Redskins, Cleveland Browns, Cardinals, 49ers, Steelers, Falcons. At home. They play all those teams at home. I think they beat the Giants at home. 
I think they beat the Redskins at home. I think they beat the Eagles at home. That's three wins so far. I think they beat Cleveland at home. I think they lose to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think they lose to the 49ers at home. I think they lose to the 49ers at home. Yep. I think they lose to the 49ers at home, and I think they lose to the Falcons at home. So I think, so that's five and three. That's five and three at home. The Redskins, the, the Cowboys, I'm sorry, the Cowboys, they beat the Giants, Eagles, and Redskins at home, and they beat the Browns and the Cardinals at home, but they will lose to the 49ers, Steelers, and Falcons, all three of those teams at home. Away, they play, this is their away schedule, they play the Baltimore Ravens at Baltimore, they play Cincinnati at Cincinnati. They play the Rams at the Rams at the Coliseum or at the new stadium, sorry. Uh, they play the Vikings at Minnesota. They play the Giants at the Giants. They play Seattle at Seattle. And, and then, you know, they play Philly and then they play at Washington. I think they beat Washington both times. I, I think they beat the Giants. Both times. I think they lose to the Eagles. I think they lose to the Ravens. And I think they lose to the Rams. No. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I think they lose to the Vikings. I think they lose to the Vikings. And they have beat Cincinnati. So I have the, Cow I have the Cowboys going 10-6. No, nine and seven. And the Cowboys going nine and seven. So I got I got Tampa Bay going ten and six. And the Cowboys going nine and seven. And I had the Patriots going six and ten. Mind you, I this is a prediction before the draft. I'm gonna do another predict. I'm gonna do another prediction after the draft and as we get closer to the season, of course. But this is just early predictions. Early predictions. Early predictions. I think the Cowboys, they beat the Giants at home. They beat the Philadelphia Eagles at home. They beat the Redskins at home. They beat the Browns at home. And they beat the Cardinals at home. That's five wins. Their road wins, I think they beat the Giants they beat the Redskins at home. So that's seven wins. They beat Cincinnati on the road. That's eight wins. And they beat the Vikings. I mean, they beat the Rams at home. That's what I had. They beat the Rams at home. But I think they lose at Seattle. I think they lose at Philadelphia. I think they lose... At Minnesota. Think they, I think they lose against Pittsburgh. They lose against Atlanta. And they lose to the 49ers. And they lose at Baltimore. Though they go 9-7. Cowboys at 9-7. Buccaneers at 10-6. And, 
in the Patriots at six and ten. That is my two early predictions. Those are my those are my three early predictions. Um, mind you, they're early predictions. Um, I don't think the Cowboys are a Super Bowl favorite. I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender. I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender. And I think they finished second in the division at nine and seven. I think the, Cow- I think the Cowboys go nine and seven. Tampa goes ten and six. New England goes six and ten. That's what I have. <clears throat> I'll be back after the break. Uh, we're gonna do, we're gonna discuss the NBA and what impact it may have on certain teams. I'll be back. question a lot too. So is it important for the NBA to come back? As a Hoops fan, um, I'm, I, I, love, I love the NBA. I love the product. Um, of course, I would like to see the NBA come back. Um, either, um, you know, if it's despite if we have to go into playoff play, but I feel like, hey, we go into playoff play. I feel like we go into playoff play. Sorry. I feel like if we go into playoff play, you know, teams like the Trailblazers, um, the Pelicans, the Wizards, like the Wizards, nobody's going to care. Like, you know, because they, they're, they're probably going to come out and complain and say, oh, we didn't have a fair shot to make the playoffs or to make our playoff run. Like, teams like the Blazers and the Wizards had no shot of, at, at winning a playoff series, let alone a title. So, uh, they're, they're irrelevant. They're, they're irrelevant at this point. I know that um, teams have a certain number of games that they have to reach to, uh, for those TV deals. So those TV deals are a lot, and they mean a lot uh, to uh, to the NBA. So I, I know they're going to try their best to reach that. Now, obviously, safety is the number one concern, and you know, for, you know, for everybody's well-being, obviously that's the number one concern. Um, you know, at this point, and you know, during these circumstances and matters uh, such as this, obviously, everybody's well-being and health is the first and should be the only priority. But as for my liking, um, you know, for the viewership, for just some 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 talking points to talk about on the pod. I would like the NBA to come back. Obviously, yes, I would like it. I would like for it to come back, even if, if even if we, even if the players can't play with the fans, um, even if the playoffs were um, had to just start automatically. It, yes, we want NBA basketball. But I talked about, I highlighted this um, a couple weeks ago when the NBA first made its announcement about its suspension. I made a I made an announcement. I mean, I you know I came out and spoke about how the CBA it was set to start. Well, 
it, that's not the case anymore. Uh, the, the Chinese Basketball Association uh, have delayed their start time. Their start was they were supposed to resume play in April fifteenth. That is no longer the case. They have to wait until May. So you know that you know that's what brings that's what that's what rose the question of like NBA being possibly back. How important is you know how important is it to finish out the season? Um, you of course you want a champion. You want you want to be you want to be able to crown the champion. Um, you know obviously those three you know the three teams that were the favorites: the Lakers, Clippers, Bucks. Obviously you want to see them battle out for it. Um, and those other teams that are playoff eligible, um, you want to see them. You want to you want to see those teams compete for their rightful spot. And I know and I know some people are talking about specific teams like the Lakers and LeBron because the Lakers and LeBron was coming off of a great weekend uh, where they beat two of the top teams in the league, excluding themselves. They beat the Bucks and they, then they beat the Clippers. And LeBron had played well. And LeBron was hitting his stride. And it looked like LeBron was in full mojo and ready for the playoff basketball. Now with this stoppage of play, which will probably be a month or longer, um, you know, obviously rust and, you know, things of such have, you know, going to come into play. And everybody's talking about how it can, how can it affect the Lakers because the Lakers coming in, you know, were odds they they were Vegas they had they had the best odds of winning the title according to Vegas, uh, and everybody's you know thinking about the Lakers and how this might impacts impact LeBron's fourth title. If the if the NBA season was to come back you know late May early June, if the NBA season came back in early June, and the Lakers ran the table and run it all and went and won it all, and Lakers nobody's gonna remember. Oh, well, some people, you know, it's, it's going to be a memorable year because there was a stoppage. But I don't think LeBron, with, with, with LeBron winning his fourth title, or, you know, the question was, you know, people or I've been hearing, you know, LeBron's fourth title. Does it mean more? Does it mean less? Because the season was cut short. I, we, we not, we're, we're going to remember, obviously, because like I said earlier um, in, in today's episode, it's this is a big time historical event worldwide, but I don't think that's gonna de- that's gonna deteriorate LeBron's fourth title. I don't think this is gonna deteriorate his fourth title, or um, how you know how valuable this title is. Uh, I don't think it's gonna diminish the Lakers getting their seventeenth franchise championship if they were to win the, the, the NBA title. I don't think it would diminish none of those accomplishments. Um, so I, you know, I, I think LeBron, you know, you know, when people say, "Oh, the, I think the Lakers will be fine," obviously, you, you, when you're playing well, when you, when you're, when you're have a, when you have a rhythm as a collective group, as it seemed like the Lakers were playing, it's, you know, doing, you know, before the break and suspension happened of the NBA season, it, you know, it pretty, it, it seemed pretty, it, it looks. It looked like the Lakers were playing the best ball. The Lakers were healthy. They were playing the best ball. They have, they just got done beating the best two teams in basketball. It seemed pretty good and laid out for them. I, I, I think so, too, with the Lakers. I think they'll be fine. But the one team that I am worried about or, you know, that I have my questions, that I have more, like, questions for is the Clippers. The Clippers. The Clippers. 
Because everybody loves the Clippers, and they love how deep they are. And I am one of those people that love how deep they are. Um, and I, li- I, like the, I like the versatility of their roster. But I don't think the Clippers actually know, like, for example, going down the stretch, going into the fourth quarter, there's the last four, the last five, four minutes of the fourth quarter. Who's gonna be who's gonna be the go-to guys that Doc Rivers go to? I don't think the Clippers know. I don't think the Clippers know. They might they may have an idea of what that situation looked like, but I don't think they know. I don't think they um I don't think they know the the lineups that they really love, like to go to. They have some scary lineups that you know that can put some fear in teams' heart and that can really do some 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 damage. But as a collective whole, you know, throughout the regular season, what we saw, you know, they, it, it seemed like before the loss against the Lakers, they were rolling. They got they had PG back, Kawhi's playing, of course. Patrick Beverly just came, recovered from his injury, and they were rolling with the squad that they have. But they lost to the Lakers, and yeah, you know, they beat the Lakers twice already this year. But we still do have questions about the Clippers and their lineups and how how are they going to react to being, you know, some think they are the favorites. Some, you know, some tend to think that the Clippers are the favorites. How are they going to react to that? So we, st- I still have questions about the Clippers. Um, you know, I like the Lakers. I like both. I really like, I really love both teams. Um, you know, you know what they can do, both of them, really what they can do on defense because the Clippers have the best perimeter defense and the Lakers might have the, be- the best interior defense. So I really like what they can, both of them, both of them, I really like what they can do on defense. Um, the Clippers may be a little bit better. They might. The Clippers may have more options on offense, um, but I don't. I don't. You know that doesn't that doesn't make them the most efficient. Just because they have more options on offense doesn't make them more efficient. Now they very well can be the more the most efficient, but it doesn't make them the most doesn't make them more efficient than the Lakers um, that have limited options. So, um, I, you know, I, I think the Clippers. I would like to see their lineups, you know, in those in those crunch times, in those simulated uh, situations. I would like to see their lineups. You know, who would they like to go to in, the, in certain situations? We know Kawhi and Paul George and, you know, Montrezl Hero are going to be out there. But, you know, they still got to figure out who's out there in the guard spot because Patrick Beverly, good defender, but offensively really not a threat nowadays. Um, Lou Will... Offensively, really good, but defensively, teams could take advantage of that. So it's you know they gotta they gotta figure out their groove and you know I think in Doc Rivers and his coaching staff is definitely with Sam Cassell and those guys definitely Tyron Lue definitely smart enough to get you know to figure this thing out. But you know just being just quarantining and social distancing, social distancing, and not playing games it doesn't help that. It, it certainly does not help that aspect in that point um, with the Clippers in the situation and the questions that I have about them. Okay, welcome back. Um, welcome back. I'm going to give you guys... So since free agency is nearly over, 
I'm going to give you guys my teams that got better. Um, you know, free agents, all the all the top top tier free agents are pretty much signed now, and I'm going to give you guys my 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 teams that got better or worse. I handpicked these teams. These are the teams that got better or worse, in my opinion, pre-draft. Pre-draft, these are the teams that got better or worse. I'm going to give it to you right now. Uh, first, the Cardinals. The Cardinals added Jordan Phillips and DeAndre Hopkins. Jordan Phillips is a guy, you know, he a deep defensive end. He's a guy that, that has got um that's had ten and a half sacks the last few the last two years. I think he's gonna add production. He's gonna add pass rush to a D line that's getting better. Uh, I like I like the route that Arizona is heading with heading into. Um, and they also the the big time. You know the big time acquisition, DeAndre Hopkins. You give Kyle, Kyle Murray last year really played well. Uh, made he made he he did as best as he could with the weapons that was given to him. You give him one of the best receiver, if not the best receiver in football. I think the Cardinals offensively and defensively definitely get better second year under under Cliff Kingsbury. I like what the Cardinals did this offseason. Second, the Ravens. The Ravens D-line got even better. They added they added Calais Campbell um, off of a trade from Jacksonville. Jacksonville is just trading everybody, I guess. Um, but their D-line definitely got better. Um, looking at their roster from top to bottom, offense, defense, they probably have the best roster. They probably they're probably the best team in football. They're, they're probably the best team in football. Um, look from offense and defensive standpoint, they're they're probably they're they're really up there. Um, they might be the best team in football. And plus, re-signed Jimmy Ward, got Marcus Peters. Uh, they have a young quarter, Marlon Humphrey. I like what they're doing. Um, their defense is going to be really solid. You add that, you add a. I think they got a great secondary, a great secondary for the next few years. Um, you add that great secondary that guys with that guys that can. Cover man to man with a scary pass rush. I like what Baltimore can do on defense. They definitely got better this offseason. Um, the Bills. The Bills. The Bills did, yes, they did get better. They added a couple guys on defense. Their defense was really good last year. Defense was number two. Um, their defense was ranked number two last year. So I like their defensive personnel that they have added. It, um, you know, I, I like the defensive personnel that they have added. Uh, aside with the defense that they already had, dished, I mean, last year, um, and the coaching, love the coaching, love the, I love the coaching of the Bills. I love the culture that they are building, um, and then also the big time acquisition and receiver position. Stephon Diggs, Stephon Diggs is definitely the perfect receiver for Josh Allen and this Buffalo offense. They were in need of a number one, of a go-to guy, a deep downfield threat that, can, that, that Josh Allen can go to. Josh Allen has a big enough cannon for Stephon Diggs. I like this move for the I like this move for the Bills. They definitely got better. Their division, I would probably have to say they're the best team in their division. I like what the Bills did this offseason. The Cowboys. Um I, you know, they lost a lot of guys. They lost Randall Cobb. They lost a good slot receiver. That was about 800 yards of production. Um, they lost Travis. They lost Travis Frederick. He's a Hall of Fame level center. Uh, Robert Quinn led the team in sacks. They lost him. 
Byron Jones was by far their best defensive back in football. Lost him. Uh, lost lost guys like Heath um, at the tight. I mean at the safety position. So they lost a lot, um, and they continue to play guys. They're like I said, like I said earlier in the pod. They're top, they're very top heavy. They're very top heavy, but um, they lost. They just lost. They lost a lot of depth, and they lost some key guys on defense. I don't think they got better. I I, I do not think the Cowboys got better. I, I, they're def, They are definitely a worse. They're, they're definitely worse. They're, they're definitely worse as a team than they were last year. They were definitely better as a team last year with all of the depth that they had. Um, they had a they had their full offensive line. They had another third. They had a third receiver, third productive receiver. I think the Cowboys today got worse, um, you know, throughout the free agency period. Um, the Broncos, I'm telling you, the Broncos are a team to really look out for. They uh, they 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 went out and sailed, They went out and signed Jarrell Casey. You added him to that D line with Bradley Chubb. That's coming back. Boy, oh boy, that's gonna be a. That's gonna be a that's gonna be a dangerous and scary D line to go against um, with 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 oof, Jarrell Casey, Von Miller, and Bradley Chubb. I like that D line. Bradley Chubb coming back off an of injury. He's young. I like him. You add him to that D line, they're really scary and dangerous. Um, AJ Boye, uh, AJ Boye, a good DB. Yes, they lost Chris Harris, but AJ AJ Boye is a good productive corner. The Broncos strengthening their defense. They're going all out because they they found they found their franchise guy. It seems like um, with Drew Locke, they they it seems like they found their guy um, for the next for the foreseeable future at least. Um, and they're going all out on defense. And then they added Melvin Gordon. They added a nice running a nice productive running back like Melvin Gordon. Um, worth eight million dollars. Hell, why not go and pay it? I like it. I like the moves. I like the acquisitions. That the Broncos made, I think they definitely got better over the offseason. Um, the Dolphins. The Dolphins, yes, they did get better. They had a bunch of money, they had a boatload of money to spend um this offseason. Brian Flores is a defensive guy. He went out and got Van, he, got, he went out and got Van Noyd, a linebacker from New England. Uh, they, they got Shaq Mason from Buffalo, and then he went out and got Byron Jones uh, as his DB. So he has two good DBs in Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. Uh, Shaq Mason, great pass rusher. Uh, I think he, he think he led the team and I think he led the Bills in sacks last year. Um, and added Van Noy, who who who's a really good smart. He's a really smart linebacker uh, that Brian Flores used to coach in New England. I like these moves Miami by Miami. They're very New England-esque. I think Miami has a chance to be one of those teams that could really be sneaky good. Um, the Browns. Um, I think they did okay. I, I, I don't th- I'm not going to say they got worse. I'm not going to say they got any better. But, uh, or I'm not going to say they got a lot better. But they went out and signed Austin Hooper. Maybe they overpaid for Austin Hooper. Maybe they overpaid for Austin Hooper. But they went out and signed Austin Hooper. Got him. Uh, they probably overpaid for him. Uh, but they addressed the right tackle position. They went out and signed the right tackle. They got the right tackle. So the right side of that line is going to be protected. Now on the draft, they, all, the, all, they, all they have to do in the draft is now go sign a left tackle. Just go ahead and sign a left tackle. That's all they got to do. I mean, draft a left tackle. 
Um, the Patriots. The Patriots did not get better. They got worse. The Patriots got worse during this offseason. They, they did not add no weapons on offense, no receivers, no tight ends. Um, they lost Tom Brady. They lost Van Noy. They lost Jamie Collins. So they lost some key components of their defense, and they lost their quarterback, um, of course. And they have no replacement, and they did not replace those weapons. They, I mean, they did not replace those positions, um, or they don't. They didn't. They didn't add any big time receivers, no big time running backs, no weapons to that offense. So I think they got worse. Um, and lastly, the Bucks, the Buccaneers. Obviously, the Buccaneers obviously got better. With the addition of Tom Brady, they're obviously going to, I think they're going to win more than seven or six games this year. Uh, you know, they re-signed the Dominican Sue. More signings are, you know, I, I, I would assume more signings are to come because, the, you know, the, the, the price, the acting price, you know, everybody wants to play for the Buccaneers now since break, since Tommy is there. So um, I, I think definitely the Buccaneers obviously got better. But this was a good episode. Great pod, great pod, great pod. I hope you guys continue to listen in, click in. Um, we 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 got we talked about a lot. We had a productive pod today. Talked about the Cowboys and that. You already got you guys know how I feel about that. Baseball and their crazy schedule. Um maturing and quarterbacks. We talked about a lot today. Some predictions, gave you guys some predictions, some of my thoughts on some free agent moves and how I feel about certain and how I, how I feel about certain teams. Um so yeah, I'm gonna next next episode I'm gonna give you guys my division winners. I did not give you guys my division winners. Next episode I'm gonna give you guys my division winners before the draft. Before the draft and then we're gonna do one after the draft. I did not forget but I did forget but I'm not gonna but I'm gonna give you guys my division winners after, I mean, the next pod, the next episode, division winners um, before the draft. I cannot wait. Thank you guys for tuning in for to another episode of the Isaiah Kid Podcast. Hope you guys stay safe, stay clean, wash your hands, quarantine, uh, practice social distancing. I know you guys keep hearing it and keep hearing, you know, these new phrases and this new way of life. But this is really not a new way of life because you guys should have been sanitizing, wash your hands before the outbreak, before the pandemic, before the pandemic um, of, the, of COVID-19 had happened. We should have been doing these things um, to stay healthy and wealthy. But I hope you guys had a great time listening to the pod, to this episode. Come back for any first-time listeners. Um, come back for any last-time listeners. Thank you guys for all those platforms that you guys are able to, you know, here in the podcast, we always remember two choices, one decision. You guys can pick any other platform to listen to. You guys can pick any show to listen to. You chose mine. Thank you guys for doing that. I see you guys. I'm out. I'm gone. Peace. Deuces.